It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vests, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I'm your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett, and uh, with me, as per usual, we have the wonderful, the illustrious Cheddar Talk himself, Aaron Flottam. Hey, John. What's going on, man? Hey, good time to be a Wisconsin fan, and uh, this really has to stink for Aaron Rodgers, all this positive vibes around Wisconsin sports. <laughs> Nobody's actually paying attention to him right now. I know. Maybe he'll I just know. show up for camp. <laughs> no. No, but other than that, nobody's paying attention anymore. I know. Maybe if I show up for camp, they'll pay attention to me again. Things are going pretty well, generally speaking. Yeah, Wisconsin sports doing uh, wonderfully well for us right now. Um, Yeah, good. Positive vibes everywhere. Feeling a lot better about uh, a lot of things. Personally, things are going very well. Get to go camping in the next week or so here. And uh, yeah, had a nice weekend. Got to see some family and everything. Uh, How's everything over there in the Flotham household? Well, good. My brother, my young, my middle brother from West Texas is going to be up next week. And that along is. with his daughters, my nieces, who I haven't seen since my other brother's wedding in 2019. Jeez. And Tim hasn't been home since uh, 2006, I want to say, or 2016, I want to say, was the last time he was in Wisconsin. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's good. And uh, big news from the uh, Flodham household over here. You're having a baby. Uh, no, 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 we did no. That. <laughs> that was, that was, that was six years ago john i yeah, just that's all i just like to just start with that one it's the first he's in, he's in kindergarten now yeah, yeah. um um <laughs> no so uh i uh with father's day coming up is that that's this weekend right yeah so father's day this weekend and my beautiful daughter uh, ruby her birthday is july 5th and so i thought for a birthday present i would get her tickets to game six of the bucks net series <laughs> And advisor form on Thursday. So we are sitting row one, section 221, or two, 221 uh, for game six. Uh, watching the game yesterday, I got so I, I couldn't believe the crowd. It was so amazing yeah. listening to that crowd get into it. And uh, I wanted to be part of it. And so my daughter's first experience with an NBA basketball game is going to be <laughs> a, poten- a potential series clincher and or a survival game. Not going to uh, <laughs> one of the two it's gonna be one of the two <laughs> so it's so it's, it's gonna be pretty wild in that place so and uh friend of the show pete owen uh i was trying to get a hold of him because i knew he was planning on going to the game uh just by chance ended up sitting two rows behind me and we didn't even try that so that's pretty <laughs> sweet i'm gonna have friends right in the general area as well who who's been to quite a few Pfizer games so he's uh he's kind of conducting me and directing me where i need to go and park and all that stuff which is good because i haven't been to a game at the new uh at the new forum yet so nice it's gonna so, be so yeah some some big news and uh oh and my youngest brother's probably coming back early from afghanistan so there you oh, go good that's fantastic news yeah all right well, we got that uh, that whole part out of the way. The big things, too, to talk about is, remember, you can follow the show on Twitter. It's at Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at NotSoHumbleHost. And you can follow Aaron on Twitter as well. Aaron, where do people find you? Uh, John, you can find me at Twitter Talk. At uh, Twitter Talk. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> you can find me at Cheddar Talk, John, at Cheddar Talk, and Cheddar Talk. Uh, you can see you can uh, witness my prow- prowess on uh, naming cities in Wisconsin and my general geography knowledge of Wisconsin as well today. Yeah, we had a good one today because one of those those weird ones where they like name a Wisconsin city that doesn't have an E in it. And we're like, it's not that hard. Rochelt, you know, it's like. Wisconsin oh, yeah. Rapids, the, Wauwatosa, Madison. The, 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 the most obvious one, Madison. Madison, the capital. right. I came, like... up, I came up without even thinking. Madison, Ladysmith, Luck, Danbury, Minong, Hayward, Ashland, Cadott, Colby, Abbotsford, Phillips, Park yep. Falls, Sinker Falls, Hudson, Arcadia, Viroqua, Fond du Lac, Ripon, Tomo, Sparta, oh, Mauston, Baraboo, Monaco, Woodruff, Tomahawk, Crandon, Anago, Washburn, Barron, Irma. And I didn't even mention Onalaska. the town I live in. Yeah. Milton. Milton. <laughs> On Alaska, yeah. another one in there too. Uh, we, you and I both worked there. Um, Makwanago, Makwanago, such a good name. Manitowoc, keeper moving. <laughs> Wild Rose. No, no, Wild Rose is. E. I, was, I was moving on to other ones because then we tried doing ones oh. with A's, and then we tried doing ones yeah. with other vowels too. So it's not that hard. I, you get to. I can't. I can't think of a city with the letter X in it. With Exonia. The, yeah, Exonia. Yeah. Fox yeah. Valley. Yeah, there's ones like that there. So, yeah. All right, anybody. Everybody and everybody, let's get ready. We'll we'll start this whole thing off with what we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. All right. So, main event. Again, we're starting with Bucks because the Bucks are in the playoffs, and that matters more than whatever else we got going on here. The regular season stuff is nice. Preseason stuff, a little less interesting, but still, we got postseason basketball, which is the only basketball worth watching for the most part. Um, and feel free to at me on that. I don't care. I just, the NBA regular season is just not that interesting. No. No. Um, Bucks, and I, I, I don't think we're being revisionist about this. We didn't think they were completely done, but we were very unhappy with those last, no. those first two games, especially the second game. Because that yeah. blowout game was just ridiculous to watch, and it looked like they quit, but they came right back home. You know, things get very different when you get the chance to come back home. And we knew that they'd get an opportunity to try to show they they belong there in Game Three, and that was one of the ugliest games of basketball I've ever watched. I mean, eighty six, eighty three, right? That was just it was it was just abysmal. I'm trying to remember like the shooting. The biggest thing I'll say for this in terms of it being for the Bucks, is the defense was way better. And I don't just mean it because right. the scores were lower. Like, that's the cheap way of saying, like, oh, the Nets and the Bucks are both getting good on defense. Now, the Bucks just missed open shots. But right. the Bucks had a hand in every face on every shot. Yes, they did. And, and last night, too. I mean, and again, we record on Monday. I'm talking about the game on Sunday. Yeah. So both games at home, the Bucks moved way better on defense. They got hands in the faces of every shot, and at least for short periods, they were able to get their shots off. Like they actually made their shots. They they had way more open looks than the than the Nets did. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, I don't know what your other takes on in terms of just the overall feel of the changes that happened between well, the two and then the back two. Right. Well, I think it all kind of started when. Kevin Durant's bodyguard rushed the floor to get PJ Tucker <laughs> off of him. Um, that's pretty bad. That like, weird. I, mean, K- I mean, if you talk about, you know, K- KD being the, the most spoiled player, the softest, 
player in the NBA. And it, I mean, if it, it, there's nothing more emasculating than that, like I, I have to have my bodyguard come out on the court to protect me from PJ Tucker. I mean, PJ Tucker is, um, yeah, he was, he was he, right he's from... something else. And he is, I, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> it doesn't hurt the bucks cause that Harden's played 47 seconds. And then Irving got hurt yesterday. Uh, pretty nasty ankle sprain. Why do they yeah. insist on showing ankle sprains over and over and over? They must have showed it six times. Oh, like, easily. I would say it was closer to 10 to, to oh 12. Because they went I back to it, it in the later part of the game, too. Like, I, I don't like Kyrie Irving either. You know, yeah, I don't but, want him hurt. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want him hurt. And do I, am I, am I sad that he's not playing? No. <laughs> if he helps the Bucks, sure. Great. But I mean, like, I, great. So he sprained his ankle and back. Don't, don't show me twenty times. I mean, it's bad enough watching people get injured in real time. Don't, and and because it wasn't a broken bone, and because he's a professional athlete, like they feel it necessary to like show it over and over and over yeah. again. Kind of like when I mean, even when Dak got hurt last season, like they reshowed it like once, and then I was like, okay, that's enough. We don't need to. Yeah, see that, that was anymore. that was miserable. What happened there? That was, and they did they reshowed Dak's once, and even you could tell the announcers were like, all right, we're not going to do that again. But like <laughs> yeah. last night, it was like it was like carte blanche on, hey, let's look at Kyrie Irving's ankle snap in half again. Gosh. You know, here if we slow it down, you'll see that the bone actually hits the floor. Great. That's fine. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but no. Um, PJ Tucker is in Kevin Durant's head, bad. And yeah, like, I mean, they, shooting there. What was he nine for twenty seven yesterday or something like that? Shooting and uh, I mean, yeah, he was like, just it, he was nine for twenty five. I'll, I'll I'll look that up while you keep going. Right, and so and even when and when and even when PJ Tucker's not on him, you know, Chris Middleton's on him a good chunk of the time too, like. He's not as physical as PJ Tucker, but he's right there all the time. Like Kevin Durant doesn't get open looks. They're letting other players get open looks and they're getting burned by it a little bit because there are other good players on the team. Um, <clears throat> but with just KD out there and it really feeds into the Barry McCockiner, um bit too, that Kevin Durant can't win by himself. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, so like yesterday, nine of 25. You're the only superstar on your team now, you know, and what do you do as soon as you don't have another superstar around you? You buckle. And, and Yeah. Well, yeah. and here's the well, other thing, too, is there's the, the help he was getting. Those first two games, I mean, Blake Griffin looked eight years younger. He was doing stuff yeah. again. Game three, Blake Griffin played 30 minutes and took five shots. He was two mm-hmm. of five f- and, and, and one of three from three. Um, yep. He had five total points. Like, he was nothing. And, and he wasn't – he was all right on defense. Which game did, you say that? did you say that was game three or game, game four? Three. Game three. Game three. He didn't do almost I, anything like, there. He was out most of game four, too. He, so. Yeah, the whole, like, fourth quarter. I didn't. I don't remember seeing him on the floor almost at all. Like, you kept seeing shots of him on the bench. And it's like, what is going on? The the biggest thing from game three that, ca- that catches your eye, I think – when you look at the entire game, is they scored eighty six po- total points. Thirty, or pardon me, sixty eight of those points are from two players. Mm-hmm. I mean, sixty eight. So there are only two players in double digits. They scored thirty three and thirty five points. That's Giannis and Middleton. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so again, the, the first big thing that has to happen. I guess I'm saying again because I think we've talked about this before. We haven't talked about it today. 
but Chris Middleton has been having a playoff. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to say about him in the past, um, people talk about him like disappearing in the playoffs. He has been just he has been massively available. He has been incredibly good through this playoff series. His games against Miami were incredible. He won that first game uh, with some incredible plays down the stretch, and then this one, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I really just just talk about game three here. I thought they were going to lose this game. They were down by one uh, with not I don't remember exactly how much time it was left, but Drew Holiday then gets the ball and does a just phenomenal spin move down low, and then essentially gets an uncontested short little layup. Makes it a one point game, and there's just way too much time on the clock, right? And I mean. Um, I think who else we were talking to, but I mean, like uh, Megan, who's who's been on the show several times, uh, Megan Schroeder or Schrader, you know, she was talking about that. She's like, they're going to make this shot, and I'm going to be super sad, even though I know it's happening. Durant misses. Durant misses. We get the rebound. There's the fouls on Middleton, and he shoots two. Bucks go up three. And you still are like, wow, there's four seconds left. <laughs> it's only three. You just feel like something bad is going to happen, and it doesn't. All right, I mean, like, yeah. like that game with with seriously forty seconds left. I was like, we're not going to win this game. Like, we played right. our tails off, and Durant made like two or three big shots down the stretch, and it just felt like, nah, we just we're just not going to get this. I don't know why, but like they played great, yeah. and we're just not going to get it. And then then they get the win, and and I mean, game three felt like that game one of the Miami series. To me, mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt that way at all when you were watching it, but when they finally yeah. got that win, that's how I felt. No, it was gritty, and it was you're right. It was that's a good comparison. It's a lower scoring version of that game one against Miami, absolutely. And yeah, it was, you know, it it a little bit of luck down the down the down the lane, um, like a, a very '90s basketball, you know, early '90s basketball, just <laughs> grinding hard, you know. And uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, it reset too, like because I remember, and, I, and a lot of us too were like, "Well, at least they got one, so they're not going to get swept," you know. And I don't think there was anyone who had a whole lot of hope for for Game Four after Game Three, but it was nice, like, to not see them get pushed around because the last game they lost by forty, you know, just got. <laughs> yeah. Got embarrassed, you know, like just absolutely embarrassed. And game one of the series was kind of eh, too like, well, I guess the Bucks aren't showing up, and the Bucks showed up, you know, in game three, so that was nice. And you didn't really think much of it. And then, you know, as we start segueing towards game four, obviously there's been a tide turn of sorts. Right. So yeah, in game three, Durant shoots. He plays forty three minutes. I mean, he's just out in in Kyrie Irving's playing. Kyrie himself plays 45 minutes. Irving shoots 9 of 22. Uh, KD shoots 11 of 28. Um, Not not the greatest searching, but gets by for for percentage-wise. Game Mm. 4, though, yeah, Kyrie is 5 of 11 before he goes down. And and to be clear to everybody out there, the Bucs were winning when, when Kyrie Irving got hurt. All right, like they were winning at that moment. And then Durant essentially felt like he had to take over that game because nobody else was allowed to shoot the rest of the game. Um, Mm -hmm. The other three players who started, Griffin, Harris, and Brown, did not combine for the number of shots that Durant took. 
Right. I mean, that's they've got 16, 21 shots total. Between, mm-hmm. uh, among the three of them, there's 21 shots, 25 shots for Durant. Right. And so, like, if you take the three of them and then add in um, green as well, mm-hmm. you still you're you're right. You have the same number of shots for those four players as Durant. Wow, wow. That's yeah. You know the best. You know the best part about Game Four was at the end when I think we were talking on the phone at the same time when this happened. Um, Durant goes into the you know just inside the free throw line and makes a shot. And it gets rejected by Giannis out to out to Holiday, and Holiday scoots down the court, and Giannis gets his footing back underneath him, right. and then he hits Giannis for that giant alley oop. That and that that series of play was incredible. Yeah, just Giannis was, gets that SWAT, and then yep. the dunk. <laughs> Swats KD, and then ends it with just a, just a right up there with you know. Right up, the, it, it you know it wasn't the bounce pass from Steph Curry in the All Star game, but that was a huge alley oop, like ball twelve feet in the air, like just soaring, and it was, and it was done right after that. KD came out of the game, the scrubs came in, and you know they just w- wasted away the last four minutes to get to the end of the game. So, so Durant played forty two minutes in that game. He shot, yep. yeah, as I said, nine of twenty five, one of eight. I mean, and had twenty eight points. His line is worse than the the one with where um, Giannis the day before, where people were making fun of him. Like, why is he shooting eight three pointers? Why is it? Katie mm-hmm. was just throwing threes. He mm-hmm. twice shot the three solely to try to get fouled, mm-hmm. and it was ridiculous that he was doing it. Like the one PJ Tucker's in front of him, he jumps and puts his shoulder into him and then shoots, and mm-hmm. Tucker's standing flat footed still in front of him. And, mm-hmm. and it was blatantly obvious. There's another one where he tries to roll off a screen, and the screen's not a very tight cut. And so PJ Tucker follows him a little bit and is behind him, but not touching him. And Katie just does the little like one foot jump and then throw it at the hoop. And he's like four feet behind the arc, and just mm-hmm. he doesn't even hit the rim. And mm-hmm. he was clearly just seeking to get fouled. He's just uh. He was trying to get P.J. Tucker followed out of the game. That's what he was trying to do. Yeah, and then it was just a weirdly soft game. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just so he is. But, I mean, he, he's not a guy who can come at people. I mean, he's the skinniest mm. player in the NBA, I think. Yeah, and maybe. I don't know. Manute, Manute Bull doesn't play anymore, does he? No? No, okay. no, then, no, no. Then, yeah, he is the skinniest, yep. And that was just it, – it was weird. Like, he was trying to get tough back against – pj tucker who is a tank and yeah. like the one time he's just going in and just keeps just elbowing like throwing his shoulder and his elbow into pj tucker in the lane for no reason and get called on right. the offensive foul and cried the length of the floor like right. seriously just walked with the ref complaining the whole way down the floor oh the, yeah. the only people cheering for the nets at this point are the league's head office yeah and Nets fans, and that's everybody else hates Kevin Durant. I'm sorry, I know. Like you can just get that vibe, like just from reading NBA Twitter and stuff like that. After, especially after that play, and just Kevin Durant just being like a really bad Kevin Durant, like whiny baby Kevin Durant. Like nobody, no. And, yeah, you know, even he's even, even really the hard, weird. even the hard, even the hardened sympathizers, because you know Harden doesn't play like that. You know, hate Harden as much as you will, and his 
like five step shots, you know, and stuff <laughs> like that. But yeah. like, like Harden plays hard. Yeah, he goes at you, know? you and he'll be. I mean, he's not going to play any defense. He's not going to follow you because no. he doesn't play any defense because he's not a lateral no. guy. He's a straight ahead speed guy. Yeah, it's not in his wheelhouse. It's not his skill set. Kyrie's yeah. Kyrie's got a little bit of toughness to him too, but man, yeah. like, yeah, KD like, and we talked about this before. And like, the Bucks could still lose the series. Don't get me wrong. I'm not oh, yeah. getting overly confident or cocky, but this is what I was talking about. Like this this team is like like one shred of ad ad um, not ad um, adverse uh, to one. Mm, help me, John. One yeah, shred of, bit of just bad news. And, and one shred, one shred here, of yeah. adversity comes their way, oh, and that, yeah, they're going to fall apart. And because the team is centered around the dude who is super soft and needs bodyguards to help him out on the court and on the court. whines and, and whines when he doesn't get his fouls like he's trying to get. And yeah, it's. The thing on the court just that does weird me out a bit. It's like like his own personal bodyguards are getting involved in this and stuff too. And you're just like, this is out outrageous. Like, what is going on here? It that part got very very strange. But yeah, I mean, the biggest thing here for me is how how much T.J. Tucker seems to be in Kevin Durant's head because he's mm-hmm. taking terrible shots. He's taking really oh, bad shots. His oh, shot selection yeah. is awful. I get that he's really tall and he can make his own shot. He just he just can. I mean, he is a great uh, athletic talent. You know, and mm-hmm. he's he's the guy who's really hard to block because he's he's a very tall guy who can do a lot there. He's not just like a center. He is a guy who can shoot from the 3. And how mm-hmm. are you going to stop that? You know, just he, he's he's got too much height and too much athleticism mm-hmm. to be able to really stop him all the time. But man, is PJ Tucker on him all the time? And now you can see it in, in Durant's game. He is convinced he has to win this by himself. Um, right. Because he was, that second half was terrible. The second half of game four was a really bad half for him. Just mm-hmm. He's just throwing up shots. It, it was not going well. And here's the thing that, that, I mean, seriously, if Giannis did this, he'd be attacked forever. And in fairness, also, if LeBron James did this, he'd be attacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie left while there was, like, the clock was running. Mm-hmm. And he was in the tunnel. Right. Not with his teammates. Not like anyone else was leaving. He left alone to mm-hmm. walk off the floor while the clock was running. Right. How is nobody destroying him for this today? Like, that should be... I mean, I guess it should be in the <laughs> fact that they do this everybody everyone's else. Still dest- everyone's still destroying him for the bodyguard thing. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Maybe. So, but geez. He's, a petulant, he's a petulant child. I mean, and even like you know, and you talked about like taking over the game and winning it himself. Like LeBron, the biggest thing about LeBron that everyone is knocking him now is like he passes too much. Like he doesn't, you know, LeBron mm-hmm. and and that's always been his thing too. LeBron and he, he didn't see it as much this year because I mean he is getting older. The tread's running thin nowadays. But I mean there are a couple times against the Suns where he can take over a game and he yeah. really does. And and especially when he was younger on those some of those just talentless. Cavaliers teams like he did take over games and he mm-hmm. could take over and he's a bigger body and there's the comparisons between him and him and Durant aren't even it, it's not it, no. I mean especially with the stuff last night too like say what you will about LeBron he doesn't quit <laughs> no 
LeBron, I, I've seen LeBron leave the stadium early because he's PO'd, you know, like he's really mad. He I've had some play. moments in the playoffs this year that looked like he had just kind of stopped playing defense at least, though. Right, and I've seen him walk out the tunnel before the the game's over, but like with only like thirty seconds left, you know. Yeah. So, and that was after a disappointing loss, you know, or something like that, and he's just really mad. But whatever. Yeah, I mean, he's such a class act compared to like in the criticism LeBron takes and has been taking since he was sixteen years old. Like I, like I said, KD can't hold a candle to LeBron James. And frankly, he, at this point, he really can't hold a candle to Giannis either. So, wow. Well, so, and like, the thing that's always been with LeBron that people always tried to attack him for is like, oh, he's, he's always passing. Doesn't he want to be the man? Which is a complete Jordan invention. The idea that you have <laughs> to take the last shot. You're like, yeah. I mean, he's never seen himself in, in full honesty. He's never seen himself as Jordan as much as he loves Jordan. He sees himself mm-hmm. as magic. And mm-hmm. and that's what they said when Riley was, was trying to get him down to Miami. What he told him is he saw he saw him as being magic because he understood that mm-hmm. that's what, what he wants to be. He loves to distribute. He wants to I mean, that Showtime's Lakers team, I mean those those teams were incredible. And magic he made that all work. He loves to control he loves to control the game, yeah. you know? Because he's and, good at it. And you know and as much as anybody can collapse in on one guy. A guy who's a great distributor, you can't collapse in on him. The only way you can beat him is to kind of give him the rein to attack the rim as much as he wants. Because LeBron is one of the best passers in basketball. Yeah. And yeah, has yeah. been pretty much since the day he came into the league. I mean, he was mm-hmm. incredible. So, yeah. So, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, like, it's still possible uh, it gets to your seven-game prediction. Mm-hmm. Um. I really was tempted to go Bucks and Six, except for the fact that you know I didn't want to be the Bucks and Six guy. Did you hear that chant? So I, the game I did. You could hear that on TV. It was fantastic. Yeah. That was so. So that and before we get sorry, before we get too much further, like that's listening to that crowd yesterday is the whole reason why I went out and bought tickets for Thursday's game. Uh, you could feel it. You could feel that crowd. Like that crowd was in it, and it was the loudest fantastic. basketball crowd I've heard so far this year in the playoffs. Maybe Phoenix is crowd was pretty loud too when they were beating the lakers but i mean the Pfizer crowd yesterday was intense like yeah, yeah they brought home court, home court advantage was a real thing yesterday yeah and here's the other thing i will say and we kind of talked about this last week and i just want to touch on it now i don't fire budenhauser at this point um even if they lose because mm-hmm. they came back and did this mm-hmm. um this team's still fighting for him this team's still playing hard because of this they're better than they were last year in my mind, because like you don't want to have two years in a row where you take steps backwards. I mean, last year they got, they just got destroyed by Miami in the second round. That didn't mm-hmm. happen this year. They went down two, then they won the next two. They didn't do that to Miami last year. Last year, they just folded up and went away this year. They did this and uh, they've at least if whatever you want to say about this series, this was a real series with two teams that matched up pretty well. There was one blowout, but, Mm-hmm. Two very close games. In, in all reality, the Bucks could be up three one right now if just a couple things mm-hmm. had gone their way. I mean, they could be down three one, but I mean, they were up most of game one. Yeah, if you remember correctly, they were they were whomping some until they decided to stop going in the paint. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> they went and it was five. Last week, it was yeah. it was five. It was, they started the series with three really good quarters of basketball, then. 
five really bad quarters of basketball. Yeah. And then uh, game three happened. So, yeah, no, you're right. Like, the Bucks could and should be up 3-1 right now, but. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I feel good about this. I don't know how this next one will go. Game five is going to be very interesting to see uh, mm-hmm. Tuesday night. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. We have already heard that Harden and um, Irving will will both yep. be out for that game. So we'll see how that yep. that plays out. It'll be interesting. Yeah, they're, expect, they're expecting Irving probably not to be back the rest of the series. So <sighs> that's what I heard on the way home. So. That's rough. Yeah, that's rough yep. on both of those things. All right. The other great news so far this week has been uh, and the Brewers continue to, to just play the hot hand. They lost today. They lost today. It was a ten to two game yeah. against the Reds. I mean, the Reds are the only team that's beaten them in a, quite a while now. So, like, won four in a row mm-hmm. against the Diamondbacks, beat the Reds, lost the Reds, beat the Reds, then sweep the Pirates. So that's mm-hmm. four, five, six. So ten and there's two. Seven, there's seven, seventeen to twenty one going into today. Yeah, seventeen of the last twenty one games. So yeah, they got that sweep of the Nationals, split two with the Tigers, sweep the Diamondbacks. Take two out of three against the Reds, sweep the Pirates. Now it's time to take two out of three of the Reds, then sweep the Pirates again. I think <laughs> I think it's the Pirates after that. And then Rockies, Diamondbacks, Pirates again. So I mean, like it's it's they shaping the up Reds, nicely. They play the Reds a ton, like in, in just a short amount of time, because they just played them. Yeah. And they're playing them again. And then they play them three games before the All-Star break and four games after the All-Star break. Yeah. So they play them seven straight times. At one point, so yeah, guess what? We're guess what's going to happen? They're going to lose to the Reds a couple times because they're playing each other so much in such a short amount of time. Yeah, I'm trying to look here too, just in terms of very short term. Where have the the Brewers been in the last two weeks? In the last 15 mm-hmm. days, this is the fun one. I mean, like first off, the big thing is um, seeing Yelich hitting again. He's batting 243 yeah. over the last 15 uh, days, which is 12 games. Um, He's got nine hits, three doubles, two home runs, 10 RBI in the last 15 days. Um, even Urias batting uh, 268 in the last 15 days. Narvaez, 393 recently here. here mm-hmm. Here's the one you're going to love and everybody's going to love. Daniel Vogelbach batting 281 in the last two weeks. He has three home runs, three doubles, uh, yeah. seven RBI. No, I'm sorry, five RBI, seven uh, walks. Eight strikeouts. He takes walks, which is nice to see. Bogey, I think strong bat himself playing bass, playing baseball. Yeah, did uh, butter being at first base. Did was he one of the walks that drove in a run the other day against the Pirates? That that five run inning. That 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 Saturday night Pirates game was that Saturday night. Was that the the one where the five run, the five run inning where they? That was Friday night. Yeah, I think that was Friday. Friday, Friday night, where they they got eleven walks total in the game. <laughs> yeah, and like, and they, yeah, how many? And they ended up walking in. Yeah, I think he was one of the walks that knocked a run in, and they scored five runs with only one ball hit out of the infield, and that was Yelich's barely double. Yeah, that that's right. Yeah, so that was a that was a <laughs> crazy game. I couldn't believe that. Not only that, but it was against like. Pittsburgh's got a good bullpen. It was against their two best, like two of their best relievers. Like yeah. it was, just, it was crazy. I've never seen an inning like that before. I think the, the Brewers ended up having eleven total walks in the game. 
trying to find the, the specific games here on some of these. But, yeah, no, they, I mean, like, they looked – I mean, like, they've just looked confident. They've looked, you know, just ready for some of these things. It's just they're hitting fairly well. I mean, getting – I think they're averaging, like, three and a half runs a game over this stretch, and they're just killing it in those. Oh, yeah, the Richards uh, inning. That's another one in that game there that just – it was just crazy where like he comes in and Burns has got like bases loaded and Richards comes in and strikes out the side and you're like, what? <laughs> Cause you don't know how they're going to get out of that thing. And you're just hoping to get out of there with only a, a, a run or two. And then it ends up just, just going just, just crazy. You didn't, I mean, <laughs> he just strikes out the side and just doesn't give up any yep. runs. So, yeah, no, I think it, it was that Friday game. I'm just trying to see the total box yeah. score on this thing, too. It was <clears> great. If yeah, Vogelbach, no, he didn't have any RBIs on that one. Yeah. But he did have two walks in the game. And then he got replaced by Garcia later on in the game, too. But, yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty fantastic. That game is crazy. Uh, the that game is actually yeah f- that was the only one with four walks so it must have been the next day yeah and then and then also on Saturday I I meant to bring this one up too another uh fun little statistic was um uh when Corbin Burns had to leave the game on Saturday because he wasn't was that Saturday uh yeah I believe Saturday was the the Burns game. Yeah, Saturday. Saturday yep. was a Burns game, and Burns left the game with bases loaded. Yeah, that's what I said. The Richards won. The Richards inning. Oh he yeah, that, that big... sorry. I was looking through all. Sorry, you were you were talking about. That. I was I was trying to find the walk total from Friday's game, and I was I was only half listening. But yeah, no, that's the forgotten guy in the Adamas trade. Like oh, everybody yeah. remembers. Yeah, and we gave up Fireheisen and Rasmussen for that dude. Remember, everyone was like, "Oh great, we lost." You know, that dude came in blue fire like. That was great. He, like struck up the side. That was amazing. You know, it was something to see. Yeah. There something it is. to Friday, listen to. Friday listened, was a, to 11, 11 walks and eight strikeouts for the Brewers on that Friday game. And yeah, that's the one we were just talking about there. But yeah, it, it's been, it's been a great stretch. The Brewers are seeing the ball very well, taking walks mm-hmm. when they need to keeping that batting average pretty high over the last two weeks. Just, um, yeah, well, they're finding enough they, to get it done. With, with the exception of Jackie Bradley Jr., I was when I was watching the game on Friday night. I noticed how everybody's batting average was up quite a bit from where it was just about a month ago. Yeah, and I'm saying like just look, go through when you look at these things. Like how are they batting recently? Uh, being able to see, I mean, I guess Avisal Garcia is not quite hitting the average he used to, but he did have three home runs over this uh, two week stretch. Yeah, he's just um, he's just raking instead. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of what they need from him at this point is just if he can get a couple runs on the board for him, uh, if they can get some of these other guys to start hitting better. I mean, like Urias, uh, Yelich, Narvaez, all getting on base more. Um, well, Narvaez has been hitting pretty great all year. Uh, Adamas mm-hmm. has been hitting pretty well. He's had two home runs and batting two forty four during this stretch. Yeah, uh, feel very Cl- good about Cl- these. Clutch hitting, clutch hitting too from Adamas too. Yeah. <laughs> Corbin Burns betting 200. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, and then you know, imagine when you know, we'll, we'll eventually get uh, Wong back. Um, mm-hmm. Get well, who knows when we'll see um, 
we'll see Shaw again. Unfortunately, um, looks like he separated yeah. his shoulder. Uh, that was a field. pretty gruesome play, but at least he wasn't in a sling the next day. That was good to see. Yeah, I mean, it's that, that's the sort of thing that still is going to take time. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, this is kind of the era, you know, the area of your your calendar where you're going to feel like maybe you can can kind of ride out some injuries. Hopefully, right. and you can get healthy. And it's, and it's been it's been good having Urias at third base because all yeah, the problems he was having at shortstop. I mean, he's made some dynamite plays at third base yeah. to be perfectly honest. And so he's flashing the glove pretty good. So, I mean, it's not the power you want out of that position, but I mean, he plays the position well enough and he's, he's hitting okay enough. So like it's, he's it's a good place right. for him. He's hitting all right Especially. right now. And yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he does have to get that throwing arm worked on. He's got to hone that in. He's up to 11 errors. I believe at this point in the season, mm-hmm. Well, he ain't getting shortstop. He ain't getting shortstop back. No, 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 no. Adamus is. I I think Adamus is here for a while. I don't think he's going anywhere. So. Yeah, and once Wong comes back, he's at second. So he's going to hang out at third and then spell guys at short and second along the way. Um, Mm -hmm. But for now, he's going to hang out there. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, Yeah, I I I feel very good about where they are, the places they're they're Mm -hmm. they're going with this team, and. Yeah, they're 10 games over 500 right now, and that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're tied with the Cubs. They're both 38 and 28. So the right. Brewers have been slowly, you know, kind of pulling back on that. St. Louis is in fourth place in the Central. Cincinnati climbs up to third, just four games back of the Brewers and Cubs. St. Louis is five games back, and Pittsburgh is 14 and a half back. 14 and a half already, and it's not even the end of June. St. Louis two wins in their last 10. So got the diamond backs are 20 and a half out already. Um, get to play them again. So, you know, you were talking about Vogie too. Vogelback, everybody's new favorite player, right? Um, <laughs> new. And, and he's starting to play better. And, uh, yep. you know, a name, I heard a name today that might be available out on the market because their team sucks and they're sellers. And that was, uh, Jesus Aguilar. Oh, I'll be so happy to have him back. I know. And <laughs> it, it, it pains me because Vogie has been heating up and, you know, but uh, man, I, the, the guy that they should never have let go. If he's available, like, <laughs> I, I mean, what was it? Jesus can't hit lefties, right? That's his big deal. Yeah, I think so. But it's like he had, he he went down. He had that big kind of all star year, and then went down the mm-hmm. next year. And it was it was a little bit of a thing, but I mean, like basically, they they realized they were kind of in a spot where they're going to have to make they're going to have to let go of some assets and try to build over. Mm-hmm. And he was just one of those guys they kind of had to let go and try to get something back for him. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to no, look I mean, at how he, old Vogelbach actually is. He's uh he's 28. Yeah, six foot two seventy. <laughs> he's such he's, he's a big boy, man. God, he is he is a he is a he is a cube. <laughs> he was a second round pick in two thousand eleven by the Chicago Cubs. Yep, he was. His nickname is the Babe. No, <laughs> why? <laughs> that is why would they call him? MLB players is telling me his nickname is the Babe. The Babe. You can't do that. You just can't do that. It's, it's like. They call it's him the great Bambino. Dan Bino. I like that. That's hilarious. Yeah. I hadn't heard that until you just said that. I'm yeah, sure that's yeah, elsewhere, yeah. but uh, 
Man, that's good. Oh, uh, why don't you hammering Dan? You're like, no. <laughs> so shut up. What was it? So who was I listening to today? Midday was it? It wasn't Bill Michaels. I don't think. I think it was Ted Davis on a crossover. Okay, that's who I was. Hearing? I don't know. I wasn't. They're talking there. about. Uh, yeah, either that or it's Grant Blyce on the uh, Wisco Sports Show. Those are my three standbys nowadays. Yeah. Um, about uh, Ryan Braun coming back still. Jeez. He took a batting practice like at a little league field and said, I, I still that. got it. And we're like, I don't even see where that ball landed. He might have just driven a ball to like the middle of the of left field and I wouldn't know. Nor do right, I care. exactly. <laughs> and then of course so. you find out he was injured on that play. I I, I made that. Yeah, up. yeah. Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> so. That dude gets hurt all the time, I, which I mean, is sad. He, he gets hurt all the time. He's clutch bat though. So speaking of hammering. Yeah. But I don't know. I wouldn't mind. I mean, I guess it is it I mean Yeah. It's self, it's solve our first base problem, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's something. I mean it, it's it depends. If you get late season he still wants to come back, I take him back. I I'll be entirely honest, I'm not as just um, just head over heels in love with him as a lot of fans are, where they're like, man, he's the best I've ever seen. I was like, it's not the best I've ever seen. I mean, like, no. you know, you and I grew no. up watching great Brewers teams that should have won World Series. You know, we had right. Yount and Molitor and Gantner and Higuera and Plesak and Swaim and Braggs and, you know, it's like BJ Surhoff. Chris Greg Bozzi, Vaughn, Greg Vaughn, Greg Vaughn. Uh, Gary he Sheffield was a Brewer, Pat Listash when he was good, just mm -hmm. Cal Eldred. I mean, just I watched some yeah, of those behind. teams and just like man, some of those teams that we watched in the like even the late '80s, mid to late '80s, early '90s were were just there were great players on some of those teams. And I get right. that a lot of the people who are I don't know, thirty or twenty something, twenty late twenties are like, man, I I grew up in. Ron's the guy we had, and he's the best I've ever seen. I'm like, Ron was nice. He was a great player, but yeah, he definitely did. He had some years. It matters to me too that he he did cheat, <laughs> you know. Right. Well, it, and there's that, and that's part two, and that's when he was at his best was when he was doing that stuff yeah. too, you know. I mean, and, he's not the best power hitter we've ever had. I mean, that's probably Prince, you know. Yes. And then Greg, then Greg Vaughn, and I mean, don't even get me started on the '82 team. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of big hitters on that team. You know what they had? They had six guys with 25 or more home runs that year. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so those guys were mashers, you know. And then, as far as best players, the best player that ever played for the Milwaukee Brewers was well, besides Hank Aaron at the end yeah, of his yeah. career, because he's the greatest of all time. Um, the best player the Brewers ever had for like in his prime was Paul Molitor and then uh, Robin Yount close uh, behind I said Robin Yount and then Paul Molitor. Now Paul Molitor was a better player. Robin Yount was a great player. He was hall of fame. Yeah. He had two Paul MVPs. Molitor. He did. Two yep. Molitors. Um, what? Yeah. Uh, well, and he was a better fielder when he was younger too, when he was a shortstop. And he was um, one of the best center fielders when he moved to center field too. Center field, yeah. But again, you didn't add uh, like how many how many MVPs did Molitor get? Well, two World Series MVPs, but uh, <laughs> he was not a World Series MVP. Joe Carter was the 
like high on those. Oh, the teams. second one. Well, he won two of them with Toronto. Well, yeah, but he was not the MVP of those teams. Yeah, he was on both the championships, but he wasn't the MVP of those. Yeah, what I'm saying is, Yount's a Anyways, two-time but, MVP. I mean, I mean, the dude, the dude had a 39-game hitting streak, and yeah. hit was as good a hitter as Wade Boggs was. Oh yeah. So yeah, I he just, was the world. He was the World Series MVP in 1993, John. Are they? Okay. Well, yeah. Yount was the best God, player just, in the entire league twice. To Molitor's yeah. never. So I still think it's I'm just saying, I think I, I really do believe that Molitor was a better I mean, he ended up with more hits. Um you know, it wasn't all with the Brewers, but right. Like, well, that dude got hurt a lot too when he was on the Brewers. I mean, he was one of the guys that got hurt in the explosion in the clubhouse fire. Or the the, the clubhouse explosion during uh spring training one year. So but yeah, you're right. He was never an MVP. No. But yeah. either I mean they're both really good. I mean it's I mean, it's it's splitting hairs between which one's better. <laughs> like they were both really, they were both really, really good. Like, yeah, I mean, Pat, I, Paul Mahler still holds a record for five hits in one game in the World Series. Oh, Mahler was only on the one of those two teams for the World Series. Okay. I, I guess was I'm it? just looking back. Yeah, I'm just looking through the the comparisons here on this. Um. Batting average, yeah, Molitor gets more. The uh, total 150 to 199 hit seasons. Yount has more. Molitor has more 200-plus hit seasons. Uh, it's 170 hits apart. Do you, remember when players, one do, you remember, do, you remember, do you remember when players used to get 200 hits a year? Yeah. Like, they just, yeah. Don't, they just don't do that anymore. Like, Ichiro yeah. was the last one that did that. Yeah. More home runs for Yount. Um <laughs> Silver Slugger three to four. Yount had a mm-hmm. gold glove. Um, Molitor didn't. Yeah. Yount two MVPs. Molitor played in one additional postseason because he went to Toronto for the one and won one World Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Know. I just still think. Jeez. All around. Well, just... and Molitor was a double machine too. I forget about that. Molitor yeah, yeah. didn't hit a lot, a lot of doubles. home runs. He only had two hundred thirty-four lifetime home runs, but he had almost he had one hundred and fourteen triples, and six hundred and five <laughs> doubles. So, and yeah. five hundred stolen bases. Yeah, that's true. So, that. I mean, as far as like the offensive side, like Molitor was, I mean. Yeah, it's like, again, we're splitting hairs here. Like this yeah. is like the most asinine argument it, ever. No, yeah. he's a better hitter, but I'd say like overall, I mean, Yount's the gold glove and was an MVP in two different positions. So yeah. that's that's and where Yount I and it. Yount is my and, yeah. my personally just Yount is it for me. That's just he's my and, favorite and player. Was, all time. And Yount was here forever. He is Mr. Brewers. There's yeah. no doubt about it. And yeah, and he was always the number three hitter. Yeah. Was he he was always number three, right? Or no, was he four and Molitor was three? I don't think he was four. Four, or was Molitor two and he was three? I think that's where it mostly was. That's where it mostly. They had was, like yeah. you know, like Rob Deer hanging out back there. <laughs> Strike out, Rob King. Deer. Rob Deer, who is who back then was doing what everybody does now: strike out a yeah. whole run. He would be. He would make so much money in today's game. Is like you strike oh, out, you lead the league in strikeouts, and nobody cares because you can get to forty home runs. It's like yeah. cool. Like, well, I mean, at one point that early nineties team, I mean, they're they're. Because Gantner usually let off for a long time, he did. Be. Right? 
Uh, at least some, yeah. And then there'd also be like Swain would be in four or five sometimes. He'd be back there yeah. behind. But I remember, I, I remember that the county, the county stadium teams, um, in the early '90s, like their two, three, four was Molitor, Yount, Greg Vaughn. Yeah, Greg Vaughn. That Greg Vaughn could mash, man. Yeah. That dude was huge. Yeah. You know. And then they also had Dave Parker on the team at that point. Oh too. yeah, for a couple of years they, like, they brought like in Dave hitting, Parker, like hitting fifth <laughs> behind him. Like he was a shell of his old self, but man, that dude that dude warmed up in the batting circle with a sledgehammer. <laughs> how fabulous. great! How great is that? And oh no, you know who's batting number one on those teams? No, Daryl Hamilton. Oh, Daryl Hamilton was so good too. Not like yeah, great, he but he a, was good. He was really good. He was. He was a 300 average guy, and he was fast. Yeah. Yeah, That's who, that was who's leading off. And he was one of those weird throws left, bats right guys, right? I don't know. There's nothing wrong with that. I throw right and, throw, and bat left. I'm just trying to look back now at just like 1993 Brewers team. Dave Nilsson, John Jaha, Bill Spears, Pat Listash, B.J. Surhoff, Greg Vaughn, Robin Yount, Daryl Hamilton, and Kevin Reimer. Man, that's such a good BJ Surhoff, all that team. Yeah, those are great. We're just reminiscing remember, at this point. We can do that after the show, I suppose. So let's just kind of wrap no, up the last couple of do, things. Do you remember do you remember Daryl Hamilton was supposed to be like the heir apparent to Euchre? Like remember no. how he was being groomed in to be the play by play guy before he got killed? No. I guess I don't remember that. Do you remember that? Because it was back when Euchre had his heart surgery. Because hmm. he died he died in twenty fifteen. I remember Hamilton was like starting to do some of the games. And when Euchre had his heart surgery, Daryl Hamilton was on the road with, might've been Jeff Levering at the time. Huh? I did not know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Anyhow, well, let's just wrap this up here. So everybody can get back to whatever else you do when, uh, <laughs> right. move on to whatever podcast you listen to after us. Um, you know, Badgers welcomed in their, their, uh, new freshman class. So that's always something. It's always fun. They, they put that out there. It's a rather interesting class. I'm very excited to see several of these guys come out there, and uh, it it is going to be fun to see these. Um, yeah, they got they got a couple guys who are going to be a lot of fun to see in the next couple of years, and one or two of them might get a chance to do a little bit this year. But my guess is probably not a lot. Badgers return a ton of of starters, like juniors and seniors, to this team, and also Mertz, I guess, who's a redshirt junior this year. But they're bringing back a lot of guys. Um, and I'm looking at the rest of the Big Ten West. Not a lot of them bringing back a lot of starters. I think the Gophers, from a really bad defense, are only bringing back like four starters from that defense. Um, Nebraska not bringing back a lot. They lost a, a couple a couple guys on that defense as well. And their heir apparent at quarterback, he just went to – it's. Um, McCaffrey, another McCaffrey kid. Oh, jeez. And he was at Nebraska, and he transferred to Louisville. And then in this last mm. week, he left Louisville to go, and I'm trying to remember where he went. He went to Rice. <laughs> like, what? what is going on? So he left Nebraska this year. Like, he was there last season. Mm-hmm. Left to go to Louisville. Transferred there. But before he even played for Louisville, he transferred mm. to Rice. Hmm. what i've never seen that before i don't know how any of that works out but 
and, and, and Micah and Micah Potter had to miss half a season of basketball. <laughs> right. We'll see if he's playing or what's going to happen with him there, but he's definitely out of there. They had a couple transfers at Nebraska that are concerning people. So that's not going great. I mean, say what you want, like that Frost has not gotten in the talent that he was probably expecting to get. He's going to get as long a leash as anybody in Nebraska history, probably because he's, mm-hmm. he's the golden boy. He was there when they were amazing and everybody loves yeah. him for it. And he's won once. Yes. I mean, to be clear once he has mm-hmm. one winning season ever as a head coach. And that was the one everybody watched him do at UCF. They had a losing record the year before. Just one year before that undefeated season, they had a losing record. That was a flash in the pan, and he he got the Nebraska job from it. But that is the only winning season he has ever coached. So I I don't know. It's going to be Wisconsin and Iowa, I think, in the in the Big Ten West this year, and it'll be interesting to see how some of that plays out. Uh, Illinois, as everyone knows, new head coach. Aaron, do you remember who the new head coach at Illinois was? I forgot for a hot second. But it's Brett Bielema. <laughs> Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> they went from <laughs> <laughs> they went for that to. For, I mean, they had. Um, uh, I'm gonna forget his name here, but uh, Lovey. They had Lovey Smith. Yeah, they go they from him. Lovey, yeah. Um, who, when he had his beard, was just the greatest. I loved that yeah. big long beard. It was like Black Santa, and uh, they went from Lovey Smith, who is a great coach, just maybe not the greatest recruiter, but a great coach, good X's and O's, builds up players, to to Brett Bielema who if he can't get you in with talent, he can't coach you either because he needs the talent to make it work. And he's been a good recruiter before, just it didn't work at Arkansas. I wonder I wonder if Illinois has a gag order on his wife. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, in terms of Packer news, there's not a whole lot of anything. The, the fun things are, you know, all the receivers showed up for camp. Everybody else showed up for camp except for Aaron, and I don't care. Not you, Aaron, but the other Aaron. Well, I haven't showed up for camp yet either, but yeah. Yes. Well, someday we'll get you there. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, I just love the initial reaction when day one of Jordan Love having to be QB one wasn't going so hot because he's a new quarterback and like literally like within two days, like he was zipping passes like nobody's business and looking good, and everybody was complimenting him, and then it just took a matter of like a couple days of enough videos of like Aaron Rodgers' first couple times playing in the league. And it wasn't so hot. Like one no. was a Baltimore game where he fumbled like three times and threw two interceptions. And like, it's like, what do you expect? They're new. Like Aaron Rodgers wasn't instantly great. He was, no, I, I remember too, like he was considered fragile. And I remember when he was backing up, uh, um, far against uh, far in one of his last years, and one of those three years he was on the bench, um, they're playing the Texan, the, they're playing the Cowboys in Dallas, and yeah. um, Rodgers was looking good, and then got hurt and missed the rest of the year. Yeah, and that was and that it, was the big game for him because then. he hadn't looked like much of anything until that season. Like right. his first two years coming through preseason, people are like, "Man, did we just did we just waste a pick on this guy? Did we get another Brian Brom?" Yeah, yeah. Well. Everybody Brom was, was still higher on Brian. Everyone was still higher on Brian Brom at the time that they were him. I, you know, so he was later. But I mean, like, yeah, that was the big thing. Is they said, well, we don't know what else he's got here. Brom, I think, was a later pick because we figured it worked so well bringing in a guy, Devin McCarthy, groom up that we could bring in another guy and 
That was Brahms' mistake. Brahms should have stayed and been a backup quarterback for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. He was convinced he was a starter. He was given a chance to be a starter in Buffalo, and that basically ended his career because yeah, he yeah, wasn't he ready. Ended his career as a backup quarterback for the Ooh, Winnipeg you... Blue Bombers. Oh man, that's awesome. Go Winnipeg. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the biggest thing. It's like <laughs> we still haven't seen Aaron Rodgers traded. He's not saying anything. The biggest news this week was Mark Murphy said that Aaron Rodgers is a complicated fella, which is a hundred percent accurate and not really that crazy thing and, to say. But I mean, he just shouldn't talk. He just there's and, no reason. And, to talk. And, well, and here's the other thing too: is that 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 quote is taken completely out of context. Correct. That's part of a, that's a part of a sentence he was talking about Ted Thompson. Yeah, and he was mentioning other players. Like he said, he was talking about how Ted Thompson had taught him. You know, you need to, you know, all players are different. Some are this way, some are that way. Uh, it, I don't have the quote in front of me. And then he said something about, and then Aaron Rodgers is a, what, what did he say? Complicated, complicated guy. Yeah, complicated complicated, complicated guy, which he is. And that's not even a bad it, thing to say about somebody. Like, would you rather, he was like, well, he's kind of a simpleton. He's kind of a simple right. guy. He's got uh, really easy to, to figure out. And uh, yeah, you're like, no, he's a, complicated person like that's and everybody says it was a shot across the bow no it wasn't a shot across the bow would be would be well if aaron's not showing up jordan love is qb1 week one for the green bay packers that'd be a shot across the bow this is more of a campaign move like yeah you know you guys see it you guys know what we're dealing with here yeah that dude's that dude's uh that dude's a handful to deal with you know and you know there was a comparison made and it's not apples to apples but like with antonio brown you know, when he was having all of his problems in Pittsburgh oh, and Pittsburgh was very quiet about everything. Remember that? Like yeah. nobody knew they, they kept it in house. And as soon as, as soon as Antonio Brown left, stuff started leaking out and it was like, Oh wow. He's <laughs> terrible. Like, yeah, then he went wow, to Oakland wow. where they, they spilled everything on him. <laughs> so yeah. Right. And, and, and basically, you know, it was, you know, everyone was like, well, good on the Steelers for taking care of that themselves. Cause that seems like that's a mess. You know, what's it going to be like, like in five years from now, you know, if Aaron Rodgers is retired or whatever else, and it starts getting out, like how it was, you know, actually inside the organization, because the only people who really talk about what's going on now inside there are people who haven't been there for a while. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Basically, the I mean, only thing you need to know about this is is what the, the tweet I shared this last week, which was mm-hmm. Fox Sports, I think, put up a thing like the teams that get the most most uh, Twitter follows and stuff like that. And it's Packers number one. You're like, why is this the story? Because if you put up something about Aaron Rodgers or the Green Bay Packers or Mark Murphy or whatever, it's going to get views, a lot of views and a lot mm-hmm. of hits. And it's a lot of advertising dollars. You talk about the Packers because... Packers fans are online and they're reading. Um, if you want to see a base, a fan base that is connected through the internet and just web savvy, Packers fans are mm-hmm. everywhere on Twitter and on the internet. So yeah, mm-hmm. they're getting those and advertising it, dollars and it's fine. That's what yeah, they do. And, and even the people, even the one player who I do trust to actually know what the hell's going on with Aaron Rodgers, it's James Jones. Yeah, and if you listen to what James Jones has said, like it's not lining up with what anybody else is saying at all. Like, yeah. I heard something with James Jones the other day. Like, Aaron Rodgers is even mad at Brian Gutenkunst, really. Yeah, like 
he's it's this is more of a just ethereal like overall view i'm not happy with this team i'm not happy with my employer and it's probably mark murphy yeah. but nobody knows because aaron Rodgers isn't talking and like james jones said he's like it's like like he's not even really sure what aaron Rodgers is you know, mad about. And he this said, is, he said, there's one yeah. conversation we had that I cannot talk to you about. Okay. He's like, Fine. and so that was it, you know? <laughs> and so that's the most connected person that is actually talking. Pat McAfee has left, let the story go, you know? Yeah. And yeah, you know, it, it's, it's stupid. It's a stupid story. And you know, if he wants to retire, just let him retire, go play with Shailene <laughs> Woodley and be happy. I don't, that's basically where everybody's getting at this point. Like, yeah. Because now, totally. now that you're moving into the well, maybe I'll retire category. Now you're Brett Favre. Now you have run full circle, and yeah, now you're doing it. the same stuff. Yeah. For his credit, Jordan Love has said that he and Aaron have a good relationship, and they still do talk apparently. And um, he's been a big help <clears throat> to him. So Jordan Love staying out of it entirely at this point, basically. And here's the thing: well, I'll say it in my Aaron, last. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers stayed out of it during the Brett Favre stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't want to talk about it. He didn't say a whole lot. Just said he's he'd be ready to play when they went there. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jordan loves taking the extra step of saying Aaron's still talking to him, and they still right. discuss things, and that's fine. Uh, big thing is, I just don't think he wants to show up. Uh, here's my last take on, I guess, the Packer situation is when you draft a guy whose superpower is being able to find just slights in anything, that is mm-hmm. both a blessing and a curse because. It will allow him to be angry at every single team he plays against, and it will be great for you that way. It'll also mean that he yeah. will find slights that you have given him that most people wouldn't, but he'll find them. When, it goes both ways. When, you're super, when your superpower is holding a grudge and keeping a chip on your shoulder, even <laughs> though you really don't need one. Yeah. It's not the biggest it, X-Man. I, that, is, that is his superpower, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another wonderful week. Uh, All of our fans here in Wisconsin, across the United States, and around the world, thank you again for joining us. We love having you here. Remember to follow the show at Pod. Remember to follow me at NotSoHumbleHost and Aaron at CheddarTalk. Yeah, thank you again. It's been another great week. We're hoping to have good news again for you next week. And remember, whether you're on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.